0: Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Thursday, November 5th edition of the MMA OB Daily Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Adam Merton, and I'll be taking you guys through the latest in the world of mixed martial arts. Got a pretty jam-packed show today, guys. So I'll be doing it solo, of course. Uh, talk about Bellator 251. We'll be re- uh, previewing that card for tonight. Recapping Dana White's Contender Series 34 from last night. Uh, there's some updates to this weekend's UFC card. Uh, we actually got a fight added. Usually we get fights subtracted. We actually got a fight added. Uh, there's a bunch of new fight announcements, some really big fights coming up, uh, and some other news and stuff. So it's going to be a jam-packed show. I just want to plug Tuesday's podcast that I did with Cole Shelton. We broke down the entirety of UFC on uh, ESPN Plus 40, aka UFC Vegas 13, so definitely check that out. Like I said, there's one extra fight that I'll be previewing today, but uh, I want to start with uh, with Bellator here. Now, the first thing I want to do, actually, before I do anything here, I want to plug MAOdsbreaker.com because that's, that's the home of the podcast, and I got to start... Give him some more love here. So let's go to M the odds breaker here. There we go. Yeah, so there's the homepage, guys. So we obviously have the podcast going on. But I want to highlight a few things. First off, I have my full uh, betting breakdown for Tiago Santos, Clover to Share. So I wrote that. It's right there if you want to read that. Uh, AJ's Bets has got a podcast up here. Going down a little bit more, I got Bellator opening odds. So definitely check that out. These opening odds articles I think really help, especially when you're looking, uh, try to compare Bellator and the UFC and to to the, to the opening odds to the current odds. I'll definitely do that. I post it every week. Also contender series, but it's already done. So definitely check it out. MMAodsbreaker.com. Just wanted to give those guys some love there. So next thing I want to talk about here, the odds for this card. Let's go here. All right. Share screen. Let's go to Bellator 250. Well, I'll start with Bellator, like I said. So here's the card over at topology. And I'm going to pull the odds up. Just using best fight odds. We'll just use whatever uh, Dimes has. So let's start with the bottom here. Work your way up. And according to topology, the first fight is a women's straw bow between Sumiko, Inaba, and Jessica Ruiz. And according to best fight odds right now, we have Inaba minus 545, Ruiz plus 395. And my first inclination is, like, how do you bet this fight, guys? Seriously. So Inaba, 6-1 amateur record. Again, no pro fights. 29 years old, wine fighter. No pro fights. And... I understand that someone's going to win. Someone's going to lose. So there's money to be made here, but I just, I don't see much of an edge when someone doesn't have any pro fights. Now you look at her uh, amateur experience. She fought for tough enough, which a lot of amateur fighters go through. But again, you know, the level of competition, low, low here. Oh, and oh, two and oh, oh, and oh, one and oh, six and two, four and oh, four and three. I mean, it's not bad, but you know, to to be fair to her, she's been fighting amateur six years. So it's time she made, she turned pro. But again, I just have a hard time being too confident putting actual money on fighters that don't have pro fights. Now Ruiz does have one pro fight, 0-1-1. You can see boxing background, 36 years old. So to me, like that's almost an automatic fade there. And she had her one fight two years ago in Bellator got knocked up by Jennifer Chang, another OO fighter. You look at her amateur experience, 2-1. Now I understand that the odds probably didn't open <laughs> as high as they should have because you look at the opening odds, it was minus 260. For Naba and plus 200 for Luis, and clearly the opener was too low because know is a massive favorite here. But yeah, she probably does win. But seriously, guys, don't bet on this kind of fights. Like, it's not worth it. Let's go to the next fight here. My pick's Naba, by the way, but I'm like, again, minus 545 and some fighter doesn't have a pro fight. Are you kidding me, guys? Seriously, I don't understand how, how that line gets steamed. Now, here's another fight. Same thing with, you know, it's not a bad thing to have these guys with, with uh, minimal experience making their debuts. Like, they have to debut somewhere. There's not many shows obviously putting on shows right now during the COVID-19 pandemic, so it's good that Bellator is doing that. But again, betting is different than just watching a fight and enjoying it. Now, let's start start with uh, this fight here. At 135 pounds, we have Jalen Bates taking on Joe Supino. It's an amateur. uh, it's, it's, It's actually a pro fight, but they're two amateurs obviously making their debuts. 135 pounds. Right now, Bates, according to Best Fight Odds. Minus 650, subpoena, plus 440. And again, it's a situation, guys, where the line opened at minus 135, and now this guy's minus 650. So, obviously, he's being steamed up. And you look at Jalen Bates. Again, no pro fights, but 9-0 amateur record. And I guess that's what people are betting this off of, basing their bets off of. Uh, There's some things you like about this guy. Obviously, 23, it's young, uh, 5'9", so good height there for this division. But, again, no pro fights. (laughs) He has been destroying guys on the, on the uh, amateur circuit, so that's definitely something to keep notice. And I guess that's, again, why people are betting this guy up. But again, when you don't have a pro fight, when you don't have a body of work in the pro leagues, I just find it hard to go crazy on it. So next up, we have Sopino here, 6-2 and two record, 26 years old. Um, Again, no pro fights for this guy. And yeah, he does have a, quite a few wins, but he also has a couple losses. He has been fighting for a couple of decent promotions, obviously, like Ring of Combat Dead serious. Those are okay promotions, but for the regional scene, but still no pro fights. My pick again would be Bates. From what I've seen, he's impressive, but again, no pro fights. And you can't lay minus 650 on an unknown fighter. It's just, it's not worth it, guys. Seriously. Next up, we have this one, uh, Ali Zebian against Pinaki Zimmerman. So right now we have uh, Ali Zebian, minus 410, and uh, Zimmerman plus 315. Once again, uh, two guys that I don't think a lot of people have heard of, and this line just keeps climbing up. So we've got this guy here, Ali Zebian, 4-2 record, 26 years old. Um, looking at his pro record, he's fought in Bellator once. He lost last year. You know what? To be fair this guy, he's been fighting a lot, which is nice to see. He just fought last month in LFA. So someone the UFC might have had their eye on and Beltor snatched him up here. Um, definitely, you know, not bad experience here fighting for Cage Titans LFA. But again, a level of competition, not that great. 1-0, 3-0, 1-5, just not great fighters. And he lost his last fight too. It was a month ago, so he's fresh, obviously. but. You know, that bothers me. And you look at his amateur record, he has quite a few losses as an amateur too. So I'm not really sure why this guy is such a big favorite here. Um, He's taking on this guy, Pinaki Zimmerman, 541. Very unique name. I don't know anyone with that name. They call him the Happy Ninja. This guy, I believe, is making his belt at ABS, but he has fought for a couple promotions that were notable, like Shogun Fights, Baltimore-based promotion. He fought for that on that card, the Jonathan Ogden Foundation, former Baltimore Raven player. Um, and then, obviously, king of the cage, CFFC. So this guy's... Got a decent amount of experience, obviously, and he just fought recently too, but, you know, 5-4 and run record's not good. My pick, again, it's going to be the favorite here. I'll take Zebian, but, again, how could you lay minus four ten on a guy that most people probably haven't even seen fight? I don't even think it's worth it. Now, I do think a lot of people will probably parlay all three of those guys and, uh, you know, hope for the best. And it's definitely possible they could all win, but, you know. I'm not sure about that. It's 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 risky. It's definitely risky. When you haven't seen these guys fight, we're basing it just off capology records. It's it's very hard to uh be confident. Now, the next fight here, this is one I'm pretty confident in Janae Harding against uh, Jesse Meal, women's 145. Janae Harding right now is uh minus uh, sorry, actually Meal is of the favor here, minus 145 and uh, Harding plus one fifteen. A little surprised by that. So Harding, oh a lot of hype for her, obviously a very attractive girl, and her record's not great five and four, but you know, she's she's got a lot of experience in kickboxing and and she's, she's making her way uh, her name known in MMA. It does have a, a decent amount of experience. Like for someone that doesn't have many fights, um, only nine fights, she's fought like Jessica Rose Clark, Arlene Blanco, Sidney Kavanaugh, so Amanda Doll. I mean, these are some decent notable names, I guess, in the women's MMA scene. So not bad, but again, not a lot of success. And coming off a knockout loss in her last fight, has not fought MMA fight in the, over a year. So that's that – we're not over a year, but just about a year, almost 365 days, uh, 362 days. So – that's obviously a worry here. though, coming off uh, – she's 9-4, and 4, by the way. She's coming off this loss to Julia Budd. She just got owned in that fight. To be fair to her, I mean, that's a tough matchup. Julia Budd's a beast. But overall, I don't know. I, I wasn't too impressed by that. Now, throughout her career, I think she's someone who's a little bit underrated. Got some decent wins here, like uh, Talita Nogueira, Elizabeth Phillips. Not, not bad wins. But again, you know, how can you be too confident in this fight? I, I was actually leaning a little bit towards the dog here, guys, in uh, Harding a little bit. I think she can maybe outstrike uh, Mio. but again, uh, it's not one that I'm super excited to bet on by any means. There's a couple fights coming up that, that I do like. Next up, we have Julius and Glickis against Alex Polizzi. Right now, we have uh, minus 134 and Glickis, uh, Polizzi, plus minus or plus 100, so even money there, wide um, open as a pick'em. So why hasn't shifted much? And right now, uh, Glick is a very small favorite. And Glicus, is, you guys might remember him from Contender Series, 8-1 record, 29-year-old fighter. Uh, he actually won his fight at Contender Series last year, and, and he won by submission, and the UFC passed on him. Now, it wasn't the greatest performance. He did win the fight late in the third round by stoppage, but still, I thought he looked okay. And, you know, for a guy that's on a uh, seven-fight win streak, you think the UFC would have been interested in taking him. So they passed on him, and he went to Bellator to beat Jordan Young in his debut. That's a nice win, and now he takes on Belize. Who's a pretty good prospect too? 7-0. This is a really good fight, actually, I think. Uh Alex Easy and He's coming off a nice win over Rafael Carvalho in his last fight. And he's got a couple other notable wins in his career over Daniel Jolly, a former UFC fighter. So, I mean, this, this is a good fight, guys. This is one of the better fights in the card, in my opinion. Um, definitely an, another fight that, that could go either way, but I'm kind of leaning towards Pelize a little bit, to be honest with you. The, the way he beat Carvalho was very impressive, in my opinion. And, you know, looking through his guys' record, never lost. He got some nice wins. It's just amazing how how fast these guys are, are getting better. Like he's only been pro for two years and he's already uh, being some pretty good guys, like Rafael Carvalho, former Bellator uh, champion, who's recently been released. But still, you know, a close fight. But I lean a little bit towards the dog there in uh, Polizzi. Next up, we have a lightweight belt between Bryce Logan and Georgie Caracanian. And right now, we have my, uh Sorry, Bryce Logan minus one sixty, Caracanian, plus plus one thirty. So. This line actually uh, flipped because uh, Kirkcony opened as a small favorite at minus 160, plus 130 for Bryce Logan. So the line flipped, basically uh, did a full 180. And right now, Logan is a slight favorite. And, uh, you know, let's start with Logan here, actually. And Logan, 12-4 and record. And you look at his, uh, his career stats here, 30 years old, 5'9" physical stats and then you look at his record he's fought in bellator he's fought in lfa he's on a three-fight win streak i mean there's definitely some stuff i like about this guy for sure but i don't think his level competition's been great i mean he's fought a couple good good fighters like grant dawson tay edwards so some former ufc guys and obviously dawson's still in the ufc but i don't know like the last couple wins yeah he's winning decisions but the last six wins by decision i don't like that you know i like guys that are finishing fights especially in the regional scene but still three-fight win streak coming into bellator it's not bad and then here. Wealth of experience, 29-11-1. He's been around for a long time. He's 35 now, which he's getting up there in age. He's coming off the loss to Miles Jury. He lost three of his last four, but still a very, very experienced guy. And uh, Kira Konyan, man, you know you can never count him out of a fight. Having said that, I can definitely see why people are fading him here. You look at his recent run, it's just not that good. A lot of losses here, guys. He's been stopped a couple – well, he's been stopped once. He's still tough. He's still durable. I like Kira It's It's a shame this guy was never in the UFC, I think. At one point in time, he was a very good featherweight, but – uh, you know, it's a, a tough matchup for him. I leans a little bit towards Logan here, but again, you know, it's a close fight. And I can see why the line flipped, though. I will say that. I think that the line probably should have been closer uh, to, like, a pick on my open. Next up, we have a really interesting fight here at 170. Derek Anderson against Killy's Motor. I like this fight. Derek Anderson minus 280. Killy's Motor plus 220. So Derek Anderson, a guy who's been around for a long time in Bellator, 16-3 record in his career, 30 years old. He's been around for a long time. He's been around Delator since 2013. And you look at some of the wins he's had in Bellator. Uh, patricky Pitbull beat him twice. Brandon Gertz, Saad Awad. So some decent wins. And the last two fights beats Glaren Bomba and Zach Boucher. He is coming off a layoff, which is not good. Over a year, 13-month layoff. But this is a guy with a lot of experience. And he was supposed to fight last month against Paul Daly. And Daly uh, missed weight, and the fight got canceled. So he should be in good shape for this fight. You hope the double wake up doesn't hurt him. Takes on Kelly's Modi here, a guy who I'm kind of interested in. 12-1 record. 30 years old, a guy that's uh, – he's a Teixeira MMA product, so he's trained with Glover, which is nice to see because Glover's fighting this weekend, Danbury, Connecticut. So like to see that. You look at this guy's record, and a guy who's been around for, for uh, seven years now, since 2013, and he's fought for a couple decent promotions like Brave, LFA, and most recently, Bellator, where he got a great win in his Bellator debut against Nando Mallow, knocking him out with leg kicks in the third round, just finishing a guy that was a really tall prospect. So that's a nice win. Does have the loss here to Austin Hubbard, but Hubbard's a UFC caliber fighter, man. Hubbard's a legitimate fighter in this division. So that's not a bad loss. And look where it happened. Fifth round, 445 the fifth round. So this is a guy who's a dangerous fighter. He showed that the kicks are dangerous. He showed in this fight against Bobby Lee, who's a good prospect, that he's got guilty choke and some submissions. And look at this win. After Hero Gono knocked him out. So I know Gono is an old guy now. It's not a great win on paper, but not bad. Uh, it's not that bad. So You know, Derek Anderson's good, but he's kind of consistent, in my opinion. You look at his resume, and it's kind of like win-loss, win-loss, and he'll win two, lose one. I think he's due for a loss here. And and like Killy's motor, man, honestly, I I think he can win this fight. So I'm going to take Killy's motor here at plus 220. I actually think there's value in this, potentially for a small play. You can't go crazy on it by any means. But I do think he wins this fight, guys. I think he's just going to be the better striker here and the better overall fighter. So I'm going to take Killy's motor, and it should be a close fight, but I do think he can edge it out, win the decision here. So that's my pick at plus 220. Next up, we have Austin Vanderford against Vinicius Jesus. This is a middleweight fight. Uh, Vanderford was supposed to fight Chris Curtis, who unfortunately uh, got COVID-19, had to be removed from the card. So now we have Vanderford, minus 435, uh, De Jesus plus 325. And I expect Vanderford to be a very popular part of the piece tonight. Uh 9-0 record. And Paige Van Zandt's husband, 30 years old. And the guy's a beast. Another guy that the UFC passed on, I don't know why, he had a really nice performance here against Angelo Trevino in his fifth fight, and they passed on him. And since then, he's uh, 4-0. So he's looked good, and he's got uh, good ground game. He's got some some striking. I mean, it's, it's not great, but it's coming along. But his ground game's good. His wrestling's good. Good cardio. The guy's a solid fighter, man. So I like Austin Vanderford. I, mean, I, I know a lot of people, they just don't they don't really like him because I, I think there are, a lot of people are haters, to be completely honest with you. But I, I actually like this guy. I think he's a pretty good fighter. Takes on Vinicius De Jesus, and this is a guy – Great. First off, great nickname. Zillian Bad Boy, great nickname. 9-3 record, but a guy that I've heard quite a bit of good things about. 30-year-old fighter from the northeastern uh, regional scene here in the States. Now, he has fought Bellator a bunch of times. He actually fought Walking Buckley in Bellator, which is crazy because I don't think anyone remembers that fight. Now we all know Buckley from the UFC and, and that crazy kick he landed. But Buckley and him did fight three years ago, and uh, the just lost a split. Since then, he's 5-1. He lost his last fight to Jalil Willis, who's a good prospect, so no shame in that. But uh, I think this is a really good sign for Bellator. But, you know, this guy is taking on short notice. And Vanderford's an absolute monster. So I like Vander, uh, Vanderford here quite a bit. I do think he probably gets a finish. Don't think there's odds. Oh, fight doesn't go the distance. It's minus 140. You could potentially play that. That's definitely something to be interested in. I, I think he finishes his fight. So the fight ending inside the distance. I should say is 140. I think Vanderford inside distance might be plus money. I, that's kind of how I'm leaning here. I think he probably gets a submission. Um. Or potentially a ground pound, but you know what? This guy's he hasn't been finished in MMA, so he is durable. I, I just I'm really high on Vanderford and I do think he can finish this fight. So that's my pick. Next up, co-main event, Terrell Fortune against Said Sawa. Saw excuse me. Uh Terrell Fortune eight and one record, 30 years old. And this is a guy right now, my 685 favorite, but remember he lost he lost his fight against Tim Johnson. He closed at minus 900, and lost that fight, got KO'd. And the Jack May fight closed at minus 714. It was a no contest due to low blow. So this is a guy that, yes, he's minus 685 right now. And that just shows you that the sports books and every better out there thinks he's going to destroy this guy. But I'm not convinced, man. I mean, yes, he's looked really good for most of his Bellator career, but most of the guys he beat weren't that good. And when he finally fought someone decent, Tim Johnson got KO'd in the first round. So I'm just, I'm not as sold on him as I was a year ago, especially since that Johnson fight and the Jack May fight. I mean, that can happen. So that sucks, but the, the Johnson fight worries me a lot. Now you look at this guy, Salma, sixty-one record, twenty-seven years old. He's a Coconut Creek guy, so att guy. Look at his record. He lost his first fight to Steve mowry who's a really top prospect in Bellator right now. And he's he's the guy shooting in the UFC. I don't know why they passed on him. And since then he's won six straight fights. So I gotta be honest, guys, like I don't I don't know why the line is is crazy like this. I think Salma can win. So this to me is dogger pass. Plus 455 in the dog. I'd rather take the dog here. Um it would just be a punt though if I did take it. So, Fortune probably wins. He probably takes him down ground pounds this guy and beats him like that, but I'm not convinced, man. So, plus 435. You could take a small shot on uh, on St. San Juan, but you know, that's, it's definitely dogger pass regardless. You can't lay minus 685 on Toronto Fortune. And finally, main event of the evening Melvin Manhoof against Corey Anderson. Another squash match according to the betting odds. Minus 550 for Corey Anderson and plus 400 for Melvin Manhoof. And to me, this is definitely a squash match, too. You look at Corey Anderson, 13 5 record, not, not amazing, but he's only 31 and he's still getting better. And he's blessed with the physical tools 6 3, 79 inch reach. You got to love that. And some of his wins in the UFC were fantastic. He beat Glover, he beat him for three rounds, wrestled him, he, he knocked out Johnny Walker, he beat Latifi. Those are good wins. Blahovitz, he beat him, and it was five years ago, but still he's got a winner over the current UFC champ. I mean, that's a nice win, right? So this is a guy that he's been inconsistent. His chin's not great. Obviously, we know he's been KO'd a few times. One, two, three, and then four to John Vellante. He's been knocked out four times in the UFC. He wasn't the most exciting guy at times. He had a lot of uh, wrestling-based decisions, but still, I was surprised to let him go because he was a, a top five guy. So, this is Beltor debut. He takes a man off here, and this looks like a squash match, guys. And, and I know, again, Corey's coming off the knockout loss. His chin's not great, but Melvin, and you gotta love Melvin. I mean, I respect the guy a lot. He's been around a long time, 13, 32, 14, one record, so. He's proven he can knock guys out and beat them, but 44 years old. It just stands out like a sore thumb. And again, look at this, 6'3", to 5'8", 71-inch, to reach 79. This is a squash match, guys. Yes, Mel- Melvin who could catch Corey Anderson and knock him out. Definitely a possibility because he does have crazy knockout power, but I- I'm not betting on that. I think Corey Anderson beats him up pretty good. Either a decision, a dominant decision, like where it's maybe 30-26, where he just takes him down, beats him up, or Corey Anderson gets uh submission or a ground-and-pound stoppage Uh, because Manhoof probably gasses out here, too. So, yeah, Corey Anderson will dominate this fight, in my opinion. I mean, I think everyone agrees with that. Look at the betting odds. Malvin Manhoof, if anything, you know, you take Corey Anderson, you hedge on Manhoof by KO. That's the only way he can win this fight, probably in the first round before he gasses. But, yes, I do like Corey Anderson here, guys, and it's hard not to like the guy. I mean, again, you just look what he did to his career. He's a very, very good fighter. So, yeah, Corey Anderson by inside the distance. Now, Let's take a look what else we got here. Um, I need to preview uh, uh, the one fight that I missed on the UFC card for this uh, Sunday. So we're going to go to best fight odds now. Actually, sorry, we're, we're going to stick with topology. I'm going to pull this up here. So UFC fight night. And we added this fight right here Gustavo Lopez against Anthony Berchak. So that's a new fight to this card. And just got booked, Like I think it was after we did the podcast on Tuesday, unfortunately. So. Let's break down this fight, guys. And right now, I should have mentioned opening odds had Burchak minus 155, Gustavo Lopez plus 125. Right now, it's closer minus 125 for Burchak, plus 105 for Lopez, who was supposed to find this car originally against uh, Felipe Corrales, who got COVID 19. So let's start with Burchak here. He is the favorite. Burchak making his return to the UFC 15 6 record. And you got to love Anthony Burchak, man. Uh, this is a guy that really shouldn't have been cut the first time around. He kind of got screwed. He had a tough run. You look at who he fought. He fought Ian Wilson. he beat him, or he lost to him. He beat Joe Soto, lost to Thomas and beat Daniel Lopez, and then got cut. Uh, it was a contract dispute. I don't know what happened. He just obviously had to screw with the matchmakers, and they let him go after his four-fight deal. And since then, he hasn't looked great. You know, he's he's uh, he's two and three. So he he did, he did lost three straight fights in Ryzen. Tough, to be honest, you know, some tough fighters there, Kawajiri and these guys, Moon and Otsuka, they picked up some nice wins over there on the, uh, the Asian regional scene. But since then... He's got two wins in Kabachi over Adam Martinez, five and one, and Eric Radley, five and five. But hasn't fought in a year. Did have a grappling match recently. I do like Anthony Burchak. I just question him being a favorite here on such short notice because you look at Gustavo Lopez, eleven and five, and he's an extreme career product, thirty-one years old. So he matches up pretty well, and, and a little bit younger too. Now I know he lost to Marab, and that's not a bad loss. And Yes, he did lose that fight. He showed some skills in that fight, though. His takedown defense wasn't terrible, and he showed some decent striking skills. And you look through his record, and he's got some nice wins um, over in Kabachi, like Von Flea choke. So he's got some skills. Now, and you look at his losses, too. Andre Ewell and John Castaneda are both in the UFC. Those aren't bad losses. Some of the other ones you probably want to have back. But overall, I think this is a, a situation where it looks like people are just kind of, you know, looking at his record and saying, it's not great, and he hasn't fought great competition. But again... Burchak's taking this fight on like two days' notice, guys. And he's a favorite. I don't think I agree with that. So I'm actually going to pick Gustavo Lopez. I think he won a decision here. It's going to be a close fight, but I, I lean towards the dog here. So that'd be my pick. And again, all the rest of my picks for that card, you can go back and uh watch UFC or um the uh, UFC preview for on Tuesday. Now I do want to talk about uh tap, um contender series on the last night. It's gonna find it in topology here. Contender Series 2020. Let's go to it it was a great card last night guys we gotta talk about this one week eight okay so let's start with this carlos Alberg, main event he knocked out bruno Oliveira, looked incredible got signed to the con- uh ufc contract all four fighters that won got signed i agree with three of them i don't know what the fourth one but yeah carlos albergh looked amazing in this fight and the guy that, that the ufc's high on a guy that israel has sonia is hyping up like crazy and everyone seems to really like this guy i think he's gonna be a big star like dana white was like you know, this guy, look how marketable this kid is. He's a good looking kid, he can fight. So, he was good, man. And, and he was a big favorite to win the fight. All, all the favorites won on this card, by the way. He was minus 240, but he looked great. Now, this fight, holy shit, what a knockout! Ignacio Bahamondis against Edson Gomez. Just an absolutely brutal front kick. We actually had two front kicks on this card, which is insane. So, Anderson Silva retires. He's like the master of the front kick. The one with the Vitor Belfort fight UFC 126. We had two on this card, pretty incredible. So, yeah, Bahamondis looked amazing. He got signed. Gomez looked okay in this fight. He just gassed out and he looked a little small. Maybe he could lose some weight, go to 155. I felt bad for guys like this, man. He's like, you know, he's got a full-time job. He's not training full-time. He wants to train full-time. He can't. If he did train full-time, he could probably drop a weight class and be a better fighter. But that's just the reality of the situation for a lot of people. You know, he's a guy that has a family, and, and I don't know if he'll be in the UFC, but I, I I didn't think he was that bad. But Bob is a special talent, man. He looked incredible in this fight. I'm very excited to see this kick going forward. What a knockout, man. And of course he got signed. Another guy who looked incredible, Luis Saldana, just absolutely tooled Vince Burdock here. And again, Vince Burdock, I, I told you guys to fade him, you know, coming off uh, that brain injury. You just can't pick a guy like that to win, unfortunately. It's a great story, but I, I don't think he'll make it to the UFC, unfortunately. He's going I think he's gonna fall a little short. And you know, I hate to say that because again, this kid's tracing his dreams I and mean, he he battled through a lot to get here, but I think this showed his, his level and Luis Saldana clearly a, a much more uh polished fighter. And you know, his record's not great, 14 6, but he looked amazing on this fight. His striking is really good, and the finish was amazing. If you guys missed it, go back and watch both these finish- – actually, all, all four of the finishes, but especially the two knockouts and the and the, the main event. But, man, it landed two front kicks in this combination sequence and then knocked him out with some punches. So, incredible performance and absolutely gets a contract. And finally, Jared Verdera defeats Harry Huntsucker, a guy who took the final four days short notice. So, super short notice, and – not a great fight. A really sloppy fight, in my opinion. Sucker looked okay early on. He actually landed a lot of really good shots on Vandera. I saw some people joking on Twitter that it was like the Homer Simpson defense, which I think is hilarious because it really was like that. So Sucker ran her gas. Um, again, he took the fight on four days' notice, and he made Dana White know that because he kept saying, I took it on four days' notice. I don't think Dana cared, by the way. And he talked about the post-fight presser, and he just it seemed like he just kind of shrugged his shoulders about it. But Vandera gets the win here. Eventually, Hunsucker gassed after three minutes. Vandera basically hit him with some shots, and this guy covered up, and it was a TKO loss. It was kind of a bad, ugly, just ending of the fight. I, would have, I wouldn't I would have signed Jared Der. He didn't look like a UFC fighter. And I will say, I liked his post-fight interview. The guy seemed like a super cool dude. He seemed like a down-to-earth guy. I like that, and I think that the personality definitely played a factor. Also, the fact he's a heavyweight, and he did call it Sergei Spivak, a guy who a lot of us don't really want to watch in the UFC, so maybe he goes out there and knocks out Spivak with ground and pound and gets him out of the UFC roster but overall I just wasn't impressed he took a lot of shots from a guy who didn't look that great himself and uh, yeah he did survive it but you know 11-4 he's a guy that I think will probably have a couple of fights and get cut I just don't see a, 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 a real ceiling for this guy in the UFC Saldana I think will be around the 145 division for for a couple of years Baja Mondis looked special though I mean that's the guy that definitely stood out and of course at 205 we need 205ers so he looked amazing Hey, I'm going to call my friend Eduardo Flores. Hey, Eduardo. It says, Good morning. First of all, do you think it's fair Oliver deserves a solid higher ranked in dairies? Yeah, I think this is a good time to switch to the news because I am done with uh, contender series. So, overall, like I said, guys, a fantastic card. Let me just pull something up here. There we go. So, we go to bjpan.com. That's uh, my home Besides the MMA Oddsbreaker. And we got a lot of news. But one of the articles I did write yesterday was about. Uh, and Neil Darius said he wants to fight Charles Oliveira against. So this is a good segue to the news. Now, yeah, I think Oliveira, if you look at the rankings, uh, Eduardo, he's ranked higher. He's ranked number seven right now. But still, I mean, you look at some of the guys Oliveira's beaten, they're not like amazing fighters. Like he doesn't really have like a marquee win during the seven-fight win streak. So he wants a title shot, and I'd like to see him fight for the belt because I think he, he's an interesting guy to fight Habib. I mean, yeah, Habib probably just knocks out Oliver with a grounded pound. I think a lot of... It probably played out like the Paul Felder fight, but Charles Alvaro's got that ground game where he can... You know, if Habib wants to play in the ground and prove his point, he's a guy that can make it interesting. Again, I don't see that fight happening. I don't think Habib would come back to fight Charles Alvaro, but he's a guy that's definitely intriguing just because of his style. But, you know, again, the seven wins aren't really that impressive. Gary is five straight wins. He's a little bit lower ranked. I think he's 10th right now. But... If anything, like his his wins might be a little little better. Both guys aren't really beating top 15 guys, but they both have win streaks. I think it's a great fight between two guys with excellent ground games, and uh, I'd like to see the fight. So hopefully the UFC can book that one, but you're saying that... Uh, yeah, I see what you're saying. He's saying Gillespie's teases fight news soon. I mean, Gillespie against either of these guys makes sense too. Another guy would be Kevin Lee. You know, let's pull the rankings up for a sure. second. And ranking, ranking stock, but they're just a good thing to like base uh, just some easy match off of. So, again, you look at Dubron, He's actually ranked number six, I should have said. So, he's ranked six. Darius 11. I can see why Dubronk wants a guy like – he probably wants Dan Hooker, a guy who's available. That's probably the fight he wants, or or maybe Ferguson or Gage. I mean, he really wants title shot, but he was not going to get it. Because, again, you look at who Oliver beaten beating, guys, and, and yes, he has all these wins. But, you know, Kevin Lee win was a good win, but Jared Gordon – Nick Lentz, it's okay when he knocked him out, it was nice, but David Tamer, Jim Miller, Christos is like, really, is this a title shot worthy run? And he got knocked by Paul Felder the last time he fought a legitimate top 10 guy. So, again, I love Charles Oliveri. He's fun to watch. I'm just not convinced of him. Anyways, I'd like to see that fight just because I think stylistically it's fun. You talked about Gillespie, he's ranked number 13. Um i don't know i mean i quinta i think they've talked about a fight in the past that could possibly be the fight i quinta, is a guy that needs to fight again soon he hasn't fought in a while uh diego ferrera needs to fight too he probably wants a guy to go have win like this division's got to get moving looking at it, it's kind of making me angry to be honest guys like because Ferrer hasn't fought in a while and and felder a guy who i know he's talked about retirement he's got to get back in they got to pay him what he's worth and get him in their big fight these guys got to fight. Oliver's got to fight. Hopefully he gets healthy again. He got sick. That's why he pulled out the Darius fight. But these guys got to fight again. So hopefully they get the division moving. They got to get that Connor fight book. It's not official yet. I don't understand what the issue is. They, they got to get that fight official. You know, fans want to see that fight. So get that official, guys. Like, pay these guys for what they're worth. You know, uh, is out there tweeting that they're not giving him enough money. And, and I don't know what's going on with that fight, guys. But hopefully Connor. And uh Poirier can get booked and this division can just move on. And also the i but love to be, but you know, Dana White's saying now they haven't stripped him of the belt. Like make your decision, man. You can't let the, the whole division just be held up because he's not sure he wants to retire or not. I don't think that's fair to the rest of these guys. Anyways, there's a lot of news that got to. So here's another one. I <laughs> saw this yesterday. Mark Munoz he was tweeting about uh he's happy in retirement. Mark Munoz is 42 now. He hasn't fought since 2015. He actually won his last fight against Luke Barnett, a fight that I think everyone faded in there and he looked actually pretty good, but hasn't fought in five years. Looked at his Instagram. He does not look like he's a middleweight anymore. He looked like a heavyweight these days. So I don't know if he comes back, he'd be a light heavyweight, I guess, but you know, 42 years old. I don't know. I mean, especially in the UFC, I don't think that'd be a good idea, but there's other shows in the world. Like one FC would be a good place for wouldn't it rising would be a good place for marketing. So if he doesn't want to fight again, I think there's a chance he could come back from what I saw, there was some mostly negative re- remarks to this, but again, you know, how many times do you see guys retire and then come back later on in the fight? It happens all the time. Even guys will, will retire and miss five to 10 years and come back. I'm never convinced that MMA fighters retired. What else do we got here? There's a lot of news. Um, well, yeah, Paul Acosta is out here, guys, and he's been talking about uh, the Whitaker fight. He says it's close to being booked. Whitaker didn't sound like he's totally in agreement with it. It seems like it's something the UFC wants to do, and I actually think the fight makes sense because it's the number one and two guys, right, in this division. And Paul Acosta right now, he obviously wants to get back in the win column and get back to a title shot. He looked terrible against Izzy, but who knows if he learned from that and could do better the next time. He just fought really weird in that fight. Whitaker, I mean, listen, the guy's saying now, he's like, I, you guys took me the wrong way. I actually want to fight Izzy. The comments he made after the fight with Kanyar does, does he remember what he said he didn't sound like he wanted to fight he was like uh you know i, I want to take some time off my family and you know when the ufc heard that i feel like they just kind of were like all right he doesn't want to fight we'll move the division on and they booked izzy against long Bl- and now uh waker's like i don't want to fight izzy but if he wants to fight izzy again he's gonna probably have to wait a year to fight him so to me that was i i, I don't know if he was totally thinking like clearly after that fight because you know the fight with Camir. he took a lot of damage in that fight man and I feel like, you know, those post-fight press conferences, I'm not, guys aren't always there 100%. They get a week or two after the fight to recover. Then their, their their true thoughts come out. A lot of us after that fight were like, he's the next guy in line. But he was the one who was like, I don't know about it. Now he's like, I want that fight. I'm not saying he screwed himself by any means because it looks like the UFC just wanted to, to give Izzy what he wanted. To, that's a shot at a second belt. But uh, Whitaker's going to have to fight again, man. He's going to have to stay busy. And I think Costa makes a lot of sense to be a great fight. Now, here's actually what uh, Eduardo asked. He said, thoughts on Wonderboy and Jeff Neal. Love this fight. So Jeff Neal and Wonderboy, December 19th card, uh, ESPN reported, it, and Cole Shelton at BJPen.com confirmed it's the co-main event. So this headline got a lot of people riled up, which is hilarious. I, I love looking at the Facebook comments. A lot of people got riled up because it says he's added to the undercard. And people are like, it's your fault, Stephen Thompson. You should take taken the fight with cams Camzad. Camzat's the headliner, even though he's unranked, and Thompson's ranked number five. So people were, they kind of think that Thompson made a mistake, but I'm not so sure because here's the thing. Kamzak is unranked. We know that he's a big name right now, but really he only has three fights in the UFC. Leon Edwards, the fact he took that, it just shows what kind of balls he has because he's fighting, he's giving up his number three ranking and a potential title shot to fight a guy who is unranked and who doesn't have a a huge name to the casual fans yet, but a guy that has hardcore fans know is incredible. So it's just funny though that the fans would actually be like all over Stephen for turning on the fight. I think he made the right call. I mean, Jeff Neal is number eleven in the world. Jeff Neal is an incredible fighter, and to beat Jeff Neal to, to us, to a lot of us fans that know who Jeff Neal is, that's a huge win. So this is a great fight. I love this fight, Eduardo. It's an amazing fight. The the odds actually came out at one of the books I think in Europe this morning, and it was Thompson I think was like minus one thirty, Jeff Neal plus one hundred or something like that. So really like competitive odds, which I actually kind of agree with I think Thompson. Probably should be uh, slightly favored. I honestly have no idea who I'm picking in that fight yet. Again, December 19th, we have a month and a half. I'm glad they got that fight booked. And that card's really shaping up nicely. Let's go through some other news here. Israel Adesanya, man, he was talking about this, uh, the sworn peck muscle. Basically, he said he smokes too much weed. And, uh, you know, after he said this, I had to check myself, but I I, I didn't see what he was talking about. So I guess it just affects certain people. But, you know, I'm sure a lot of fans were were kind of thinking, like, uh, what's he talking about? Now, one of my. one of my friends on, uh, in the anime media, um, just sang a lot to, he, his father, I believe, is a, a doctor. And he actually tweeted yesterday that this is true. And so I went and Googled it. And yes, there actually is something behind this where uh, for a lot of people that do smoke weed, they, are, they do develop um, these swollen packs. So it's not something that's completely made up, which surprised me because I thought it was just him almost trolling us. But there actually is something behind this. I can't remember the name of it, but I was reading about it last night. Luckily, it doesn't affect me. But you know, a lot of the, my friends that I know that uh, you know partake in in the green once in a while. But uh, you know, maybe he's just smoking a ton of weed or something. Maybe he's smoking some bad weed, man. Maybe he's got to get some better stuff. Now, speaking of weed, this is the perfect segue. The perfect segue. Nico Price suspended for marijuana use in Nevada. Right now, it's a provisional suspension, temporary, so we have no idea how long it's going to last for. But the other guys that were suspended, uh, about four and a half months. Kevin Kroom got suspended. And remember Kevin Crew, he got that win over Roosevelt Roberts on short notice, lost his win, no contest, and he got fined, he got suspended four and a half months. Um, also, this guy, Jose Flores, who was on Contender Series, he lost his fight to Jordan Levitt, he got suspended four and a half months for marijuana use. And this other guy, Chad Johnson, who was on Contender Series, he got suspended for amphetamine. amphetamines, a little bit different, he got nine months, so obviously he, he got a harsher suspension. But still, the fact that these guys are getting suspended, guys, it blows my mind. It blows my mind. It's not fair. It's not right. Um, Nico Price, come on. I mean, Nico Price is very open about the fact he's a stoner, and there's nothing wrong with that. It obviously he must have used too much. He must have went over the threshold, which in Nevada doesn't seem that high. It's just sad that Nevada seems to be the one state that really cracks down on it. I'm pretty sure it's legalized there, isn't it? Like. I live in Canada, again. it's legalized here, guys. Seriously, like you can go anywhere you want and buy weed. So it's it's different than, I guess, some places in the world. But in the States, a lot of these states are legalizing, and they are legalized. So, you know, Nico Price is a guy that probably has a, a license for it, if anything. Um, it's just crazy to me. You know, it always brings me back to that Nick Diaz fight with Pekunori Gomi from, like, what, 13 years ago? In Pride, where he had that win by Google Platter overturned to to uh, no contest because – he spoke weed and, and I remember the commissioner at the time was talking about how he, you know, he used weed and he, and he couldn't feel the pain and the damage, which is just ridiculous. You know, these guys definitely use it for recovery, but I'm not convinced these guys are, I'm not convinced Eagle price, you know, smoked a blunt and then walked in the cage or hit a bull and walked in the cage. I'm not convinced by it at all. They probably use it during their training camps. And we know that a lot of fighters use marijuana. Um, I just think it's ridiculous. It's 2020 it's 2020 again with the times. Like seriously, it's just sad that this commission is cracking down on marijuana use. It makes no sense. So now, yeah, you're going to take prices, uh, draw away. It'll probably become a no contest, and uh, you're going to find the kid, and and he's going to lose, you know, money. He's going to lose time, in his career, because he smokes some weed. So stupid, you know. This isn't the 1930s with Reefer Madness and stuff. It's 2020, so it makes no sense to me. You know, again, uh, Dana White talked about this last night at the post fight presser. Basically, his argument, and I agree with this. I've always said this. You can't have guys showing up high. You can't be like smoking a, a bowl and then jumping in the cage, that that's not what they want. So they definitely should be testing the night of, right? But the, the threshold needs to be raised because it, just because you have residual cannabinoids in your system like, like Price did, you shouldn't be losing time in your career because of that. So it's something I'm very passionate about. Obviously, guys, I, I think it's complete BS. You know, um, marijuana, you know, I think when used properly can be a, a great tool, you know, for a lot of people, especially MMA fighters. So to me, it's just, it's, it's so antiquated and it's such archaic that it, it just blows my mind, you know, that these guys are getting suspended and fined like price. He's going to lose that draw. Probably it'll probably just be no contest. I guess Ceroni will keep the draw. Uh, the Bigfoot hunt fight years ago, that was a draw and then no contest just for a Bigfoot. So maybe that's what's going to happen. But yeah, the fact that Kevin Crew lost his fight. And then again, a few weeks ago, Tim Ellie got suspended. Um, a few other guys got suspended. Luis Pena got suspended. Uh, Trevin Jones got suspended for marijuana. Uh, Jamal Hill got suspended. He lost his fight. He lost his win against Clinton Green. You knocked him out in the first round and lost that. So it's terrible, guys, honestly. It's a joke. And Dana White says they're still working on it to, to lower the restrictions but, and thresholds, but I don't know. It just seems like something where in Nevada specifically, like they were really cracked down on it. And also, uh, Nico Price, second time he's tested positive for marijuana. So a guy definitely likes to partake in the uh, the green, which, again, I don't have a problem with. Conor McGregor. I mean, you can click on the photo, but yeah, he's phenomenal shape and hopefully that fight can be, can be booked soon. Uh, Kevin Lee had this crazy tattoo, by the way. I don't know what he's thinking. Kevin Lee, come on, man. What is this? Well, you know, I, I can't talk smack. It's someone's, in someone else's body. They can do what they want with it, but <laughs> I wouldn't want that on my head. Tito Ortiz, pretty awesome. Eh? Hunting the beach city council seats. So Tito Ortiz is, it's part of the city council there. And you know what? A lot of people are talking, talking shit about Tito and, Thing. he's stupid he's a dumb guy and stuff i don't agree with that at all t ortiz i respect him a lot man he's been a, he's been in the game forever he's been in the game for what almost 30 years a guy i respect a lot and you know i know again he's not he's not a rocket scientist any he means he's taking a few blows to the head but i think you know overall from what i see he does care about his community a lot man and i think he'll, he'll do a great job there so i'm actually I'm uh, really happy for tito i know gain away was talking a little smack but I think that's pretty good. Uh, Izzy was talking about the GOAT, and he, he was like, no one talked about uh, Demetrius Johnson, which I thought was interesting. I mean, DJ for a while, everyone was bringing him up. Like, a few years ago, it was like DJ's the, the GOAT and stuff, but you don't hear his name much anymore. I think over time, once Ahudo Hudo beat him, and I think over time people kind of realized that, yes, he was winning a lot of these fights impressively, especially against, the one against Bored, amazing. But, you know, the, the talent of Flyweight's not as good as some of the talent in the other divisions. I'm going to take this. Eduardo Flores. I think Cam's that winning would put Colby's plans for a future title shot in a difficult place. What are your thoughts? I, here's my thoughts on that. I, I, I've said this a few times this week. I, I believe you're going to see Colby Covington and Jorge Masvidal be the coaches on Ultimate Fighter. That's that's my prediction. Um, I haven't really heard much. I'll be honest, but that's my prediction based on my knowledge of of what has been talked about. And I think if that happened, the winner would be promised a title shot. That'd be my guess. If they agreed to do the show, the winner would be promised a title shot. Um, but I really, we really have no idea. Um, Again, okay, at this point, Eduardo Flores, since UFC 251, we have had a card in the weekend and in December. What are your thoughts on the pace of the cards UFC has had? Great question, man. I, I love the question. So, you know, I love MMA. I, I love it, man. I absolutely love it. And I don't mind giving up Saturday night to watch the fights. I mean, it's something I enjoy doing. I'd rather watch the fights with my girlfriend and just chill than go out to a bar at this point in my life. When I was a little bit younger, maybe a little different earlier in my 20s, but I'm 32 now, and, and I'd much rather stay at home and watch UFC. So I have no problem with it. And I'll tell you, I, I, there was many times in the past where I complained if the card was weak, and I'm like, oh, I want to go out tonight and stuff. But now I'm not like that anymore because of the coronavirus pandemic. And when we were robbed of fights from March till May, I, I really developed a much greater appreciation of of every uh, the Saturday ritual every Saturday and what the UFC does. I mean, it's not easy to put on fight cards. So, yes, I mean, a lot of people are criticizing some of the cards, and some of them aren't amazing by any means especially the one next week. It doesn't look that great. The one with, uh, with RDA and Makachev, but you know, overall guys, like I'm, I'm happy there are cards every weekend. I'll be honest. I'm happy. It gives you something to do. It gives you something you look forward to. Uh, so I'm, I'm fine with it, man. Yes. It's, it's nice to have a break once in a while. I'd like that too, but I'm fine with it. There is a break coming up on the 26th and I think January 3rd too. So there, there are a couple breaks coming up uh, around Christmas and new years, but I expect it to be crazy next year too. You know, for a long time, we the UFC would be doing 50 plus cards a year. And I think that's what their plan is now to do 50 plus cards. I mean, you probably want to do 52, but you need to have at least, I think that Christmas weekend off, but yeah, you know, again, and I think that's a great question, but for me, uh, a guy who in the past uh, was guilty of saying, Hey, uh, this card's not that great. I wish I, I UFC gave us a week off. I'm not like that anymore, man. I am really not. And I saw, um, there's a journalist, uh, Zane Simon, at Bloody Elbow, and, and John Kavanaugh had, had uh, saw, seen a comment he made from Zane who said that the card next week basically is weak and he didn't really want to cover it. And I understand that, you know, it's it's not easy to do this week in and week out, but I, I don't feel the same way about that at all. And, you know, maybe John Kavanaugh was a little harsh the way he called him out because obviously Zane got just destroyed and piled on by uh, John, John uh, Kavanaugh and Convergators fans. But, you know, the comment he made maybe uh, – it definitely i think riled up a lot of people because you know a lot these fighters man that's the thing these fighters they, they put everything on the line for their career and, and for entertainment and yeah some of these fights aren't uh, amazing these cards are incredible but i have no problem with it happening every weekend especially when i'm not uh, doing a lot else now going down some other news here we got kevin holland he wants to fight two more times this guy's crazy man i love him though but yeah travis leaders is coach he wants to fight two more times in 2020 It's it's definitely possible um, for him to fight at least once more, I think. But twice seems a little bit excessive. But still, guys fought four times in the last five months. So you got to respect that guy. Uh, Michael Chandler called out Tony Ferguson, Justin Gaethje. I think both those fights are, will be good ones. I'm not really sure if they're going to book it. Here's something I want to talk about. Santiago Ponte Nibio. he's returning to the octagon against Muslim Salikov. So we'll get into the fight answers now. And uh, I'm excited to see him back, man. Santiago Ponte Nibio was a guy that was on a really nice role here. For for a long time, I oh, this guy. I mean, it, it, overall, I and mean, he's he's awesome. pulled his Wikipedia. Twenty seven and three record. That's a great record. That's an awesome record. UFC. He's uh, nine and two. He did lose these two fights, Larkin and LaFleur. But since two thousand and fifteen, hasn't lost. You look at some of the wins. Neil Magny knocked him out. But again, look at where he fought last. November 20, uh, 17, twenty eighteen. So hasn't fought in forever. But some of the wins he had before uh, he took that break. Perry Nelson. I mean, these are fights. Some of them where people didn't expect him to win. He looked amazing. So I'm really high on Santiago Ponzinibbio. And he takes on this guy, Muslim Salikov, who is really good too, man. And he's got amazing striking skills, 17-2 record. Again, a guy who lost his debut, and he does have uh, two losses by submission. So clearly that the ground game is not his forte. But his striking is is, is fantastic. I mean, it's it, you got the knockout power and and the volume too. I mean, this fight was very close. He could have lost that fight. But I think it's a great fight. I love this matchup. Really good match matchmaking here by the UFC. Putting that fight together. Um, let's see here. Uh, and uh, it was the Pantoja fight I wanted to talk about really quick here. Where is that? I'll we'll go to Marcel's thing. Very great follower here. So we got those two fights. And this is the other fight I want to talk about. Alexander Pantoja against Menel Cape. I like this fight a lot, guys. It's it's a very good fight. Alexander Pantoja, an excellent flyweight. it's number five in the world. He's, he's great. But this guy, Cape, I'm very high on him. I'm very high on this kid. You look at some of the wins he has. Chaos Asakura, this is a really good fighter. Ryzen, Mitsugaki, a veteran of the UFC, and Ian e. McCall, a long-time veteran, uh, finished those guys. So he is fantastic. Pantoja, obviously, very experienced on the octagon. He's fought the best in the world. He has some good wins. Reyes, Brand, Moreno, Meshnel. You know, it's funny. Moreno ranked number two. Pentoja, I think, he's beaten him twice, ranked number five. So he's underrated. Uh, I like this guy a lot. Uh, this is a close fight, man. Honestly, very, very close fight. I expect uh, really competitive mods. It might be no, I didn't take a look, but Pantoja probably going to be slightly favored due to the UMC experience, but definitely Cape's got a chance and he's a little bit younger too, which is nice to see as well. What else did I miss here? Um, I think I got everything I want to talk about, actually, guys. If anyone wants to throw any more last second comments in there, please do. I'll take some last questions here before I get out of here. I'll double check on BJ Penn, see what else I missed. Page Van Zandt, to make Super Bowl uh, to make BKFC debut on Super Bowl weekend. So if you're a Page McMahon fan, there's some news there. Dana White didn't say much about Joe Biden. He just said he didn't say much. I mean, obviously he was pissed that his buddy lost. I told you guys Biden would win. It was my pick, but I, again, does not really something that I'm not super concerned about. I haven't tweeted about it at all, by the way. I only tweet about MMA. Uh, Diego Sanchez, man, he was going crazy last night. <laughs> he was tweeting like he was power tweeting, so he went nuts. I was I was like, hey Chris, he's going crazy here and. He starts calling Connor and Cerrone, Maya, Hardy, Dan Hardy. Those fights are okay. I mean, Dan Hardy would be a good fight. That'd be a, kind of a fun fight. Dan Hardy probably shouldn't fight again. But, yeah, I think Cerrone and Maya would be good fights too. So, I of those fights make sense. You know, Cole's mentioned this a few times, that Maya fight. Remember, Diego Sanchez has never been submitted in his career. Maybe Dan Maya can do it in his final fight because I think he'll be retiring after that fight. That's it. I, I think I'm done, guys. I don't have anything else to talk about. So, once again, uh, everyone – Really appreciate you guys joining me today for this uh, edition of the MEOB Daily Podcast. You guys can follow me on Twitter at m Martin Podcast, MAAoddsbreaker.com. It's available on our YouTube channel, Spotify, iTunes, uh, pretty much anywhere you can get your podcast. The podcast is available, so definitely check that out. Uh, I'm also available at BJPen.com and MAArains.net. And of course, MAAoddsbreaker.com, as I showed you at the beginning of this podcast, all those articles I have up there and some of the other content we have at MAAoddsbreaker.com. Have an amazing weekend, guys. I hope you enjoy Bellator tonight and UFC on Saturday, and I'll be back on Tuesday morning, 10 a.m. to break down the next UFC card. Have a great weekend, guys. Talk soon. Bye.